direct from Music City. This is live from Nashville.
Dolly Parton, World on Fire, from her album, Rockstar. And Dolly just celebrated her 78th birthday a couple of days ago. I don't know if I'll be doing what she's doing at 78, Miss Mary Kay. <laughs> well, Queen Dolly, you know, she's the queen of Tennessee. And, I'm telling uh, you. We don't expect to have to hold up that amazing standard. Pretty, pretty incredible. You won't hold me that. You won't hold me that. No. 78, okay? No. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, welcome to the show today. This is live from Nashville. We have we are doing our live shows now on Tuesday as opposed yes. to Saturday. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and of course, my beautiful co-host is my darling wife, Mary Kay. And, uh, Hello, everybody. We have a great show. We have a great we show. We really do. They don't we, darling? Yeah, yeah. So I we're think gonna everyone is things. just gonna love this show. Uh, they are gonna love it. They are gonna love it. We're gonna we're gonna welcome Lily Robert to the show. She is a good friend of both of ours, and uh, we look forward to having her join us. And then in the second part of the show, we have Miss Ava Page that will be joining us. And uh, from seventy-eight years old Dolly to nineteen-year-old Ava Page, that's quite a spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that big is. things, I think. <laughs> a lot of big things we can expect from Miss Ava, I think, as well. But uh, yeah. we're going to listen to a great song from Lee Robert right now. And then when we come back, Mary Kay is going to introduce her. And we are going to have a great time talking with Lee Robert and listening to some of her great music today on Live from Nashville. I can peep through the crack 
And see the train rolling while she balling the dress I love to hear the rhythm of the clickety-clack So take me right back to the track Track, a choo-choo has a taste for the kind of fun we're going to have today on the show with our first guest, Lee Roberts. She comes to us from Arizona, and uh, she, as Gary said, is a dear friend of both Gary and I, and um, she has made her way into the Western music world in a big way with her sound, which is described as cowgirl jazz. So we're going to be listening to a sampling of this fun style that she has coined and captured. I think it's her niche, niche, niche. It's her niche. And we're just so excited to have her on the show today. Please welcome Lee, Lee Roberts. Hello, 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 hello. I'm doing great. I'm just looking forward to this time with you and Gary, and I appreciate the invitation. We are going to have some fun. Yeah. We are going to have some fun. And by the way, I don't know too many people that could follow up Dolly Parton, but Choo Choo Chaboogie <laughs> does it for me. Good song. Well, I'll, I don't know. I don't know if I could follow up follow up Dolly. <laughs> she's a, she's in a category of her own. I have been a fan all my life uh, of of her and watching the different reincarnations as an artist. Amen. She amazes That's me, true. and uh, I think all of us have to find ways of, of recreating ourselves if we're in this business for a long time. And I've been in this business for over 60 years, and I didn't get to my cowgirl jazz until about two decades ago. So. <laughs> wow, wow. I love that. Well, Lee, this is the first time you've been on live from Nashville, so we have a bit of a different audience. You've been on Campfire Cafe with us several times in the past, but yep. folks that are listening around the world today, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from originally and how'd you get started in the music? Because it wasn't cowboy, cowgirl music that started with. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. I grew up in Arizona and, uh, you know, it was actually a, a small town when I grew up here, and then 20 years later, it started growing quite a bit. But I, um, because I grew up in as a as kind of a hippie, really. I mean, that was what was fashionable in the 60s. And Amen. cowboys, <laughs> I'm sorry to say this because I love cowboys now and the style, but you were either a hippie or you were a cowboy. And I was not a cowboy. I was a hippie. So um, I didn't. I did not like country music. And Porter Wagner came on the television show and took off my favorite television show. So I didn't <laughs> like him. <laughs> but anyway, when, 
when I got to be, uh, I, I sang three-part harmony with my brother and sister at a very early age, and my parents would show us to friends and church and that. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I didn't get into the country music and, and a Western sound until um, I started spending half the year in Wyoming and half the year in Arizona. And you cannot live in Arizona and Wyoming and not be uh, requested to play. Um, usually it was Patsy Cline. And I was yeah. told, listen, listen to Patsy. She has a voice that is stellar. And uh, I found out she certainly does. So um, so I fell in love with her voice, and then I gradually started exploring other uh, sounds. Uh, and the thing is, is I've been a jazz singer most of my professional life. And so I kind of combined the two genres. I got bored just playing the, I call them the sevenths of the country music, and I just right. started adding ninths and 11th and 13th, you know, those extended <laughs> jazz chords. And I didn't think a thing of it. I was just doing it because I wanted to have a little fun, a little, didn't want to just play boring chords. And uh, my fans, uh, well, a couple of fans came up and said, whoa, we love your cowgirl jazz. And I went, hmm, cowgirl I like jazz. It. Huh? Cool. I like that. I think I'll use that. And that's how yeah. cowgirl jazz was born. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So who were some of your uh who were some of your idols? Who did you pattern yourself after after with some of your music? You mentioned Patsy Klein, who was probably an influence, but who were the jazz singers and, and uh, maybe some other Well, yes. Country um, or Western artists. I, I started out um in the early um in the early sixties and play, started picked the guitar up and of course at that time Everybody was picking the guitar up, and people like Joan Baez, <laughs> Judy Collins, and Joni Mitchell were all the rage. So, of course, they had an influence on me. But then in about 68, uh, Bonnie Raitt came out with her album called Give It Up. And she blew, she just came out with her guitar blazing. And I went, wow, I want to sound like that. And <laughs> on that particular album, she really brought in the New Orleans sound, the the tubas, the trumpets, the sax, all of these different instruments, and had a real and the clarinets with a real New Orleans jazz sound. And I went, wow! And that's what got me into jazz. And I started listening to people like Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, um, Ostrid Gilberto uh, came out with Girl from Ipanema. And that innocent ah. and sex, that innocent, sexy sound. Oh my yeah. gosh! I I was probably <laughs> too too young to really really understand it, but I thought it was a very exciting sound. And people like Peggy Lee, oh Fever, Woo. yeah, yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and then it was really later in my um, in probably my my fourth decade uh, when I started really listening to people like Patsy Cline and Loretta Lynn and, um, you know, even the more obscure jazz singers like uh, Dale Evans, excuse me. She really? Yeah. Yeah. 
She was a big band singer before she met Roy. Well, that was very encouraging to me. So I listened to Dale. Um, You know, uh, the big band sound influenced everybody, even uh, who was that great Western swing guy, you know. Um, mm, I can't remember his name right now, but he was known for the Western swing sound. And... He oh, was Bob Wills. Yeah. Bob Wills, thank yeah. you. I had just yeah. a, a brain blank, you know. But Bob yeah. Wills, too, actually. <laughs> very, intri- very, uh, very influenced by the big sound, uh, band sound. Everybody was influenced by because that that's what people did, you know. Uh, that's they did. where they started dancing and all that stuff. So Bob Wills was very influenced by him. Then I started listening to people like Asleep at the Wheel, who was who influenced the song you just played, Choo Choo Shaboogie. Right, I just right. That you can hear that. You can hear that. Cutest yeah. I had ever heard, and I wanted to do that. And um, so, you know, it's all kind of been mixed up into a wonderful, a wonderful musical stew, and um, you know, even even our beautiful Mary Kay. Um, I was very influenced by her sound. Uh, the, I'm the luckiest cowgirl in the world. One of her early oh, songs. Thanks. I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, I love those <laughs> chords. I love those swing chords. And you know, I have to, you know, I, I have to be careful here because I'm a big fan of Mary Kay. And I could talk about her forever. But <laughs> well, this is all uh, about you, though. Big, so, Mary Kay, yeah. you were a very big influence on me. And uh, oh. you know we have we have some wonderful people. Carolyn Martin, the the oh, three yeah. that I can say uh, uh, influenced my cowgirl jazz the most was Carolyn uh, Martin, Carolyn yeah. Dave Martin, uh, Cal Bop, who is Bruce Bowman, oh, yes. and and Pammy, his wife, uh, because he combined the jazz and the and the western sound, and um, then oh what uh, what. What oh gosh the uh, sort of a gypsy jazz sound um and I and I'm and I'm not thinking of their name but they are um, a trio they cow, are a trio um, it's not Calbop it was club, uh, cow, hot, club hot club of Cowtown hot club of Cowtown yeah. thank you so much those three people I oh well and Dave Stamey Dave Stamey I can't Stamey leave him a lot out of jazz. Because, yeah. He, well, he he does he 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 had the swing chords. You see, there yeah. is a definite there is a definite style to the swing um, swing chords and the swing play uh, way of playing that is very unique. That it's not uh, it it's it's very much its own style. And I just happened to meet a man who taught me that style. Uh, you know, he's probably not listening today, but his name is Greg Keckler. He took time to give me lessons, and so that changed my life. I literally can say that changed my life because he taught me the swing style. I I went to bed at night having them play in my mind, and I thought, this is a game changer for me. And in truth, yeah. it truly was. I came up with wow. my cowgirl jazz. <laughs> wow. So that's wow. the version. 
Wow. Wow. I love it. Well, we're going to pause. We're going to pause right here and play some more of the great music, your beautiful album. It's called Enjoy the Ride, and we'll be back and talk more with Lee Robert in just a moment (laughs) on Live from Nashville. I was nominated to be queen, rodeo queen for a day. I got some new boots and a crown just in case I won that had silver inlay. I practiced my speech in a real cute song when they didn't call my name. Something went wrong. If you get mucked up, you've got to get back on. I guess he's 
he's certainly one of the forerunners who who was considered Western, but I mean he he put a lot of that. But I I thought it was just the Western swing, you know, the Western swing sound with Bob Wills, and uh, I thought well, that I was, think. I think a lot of it did start with Bob Wills. They, um, Bob Wills and his dance band were doing dances every night in Texas. Um, but they were, and they were doing radio shows, live radio shows, and they just kept running out of material. So they would hang out in a record shop and listen to jazz recordings from back east. And they Ooh. incorporated the jazz sounds that they were hearing from back east into the dance halls in Texas. And about yeah. the same time, Hollywood was um, pumping out Western cowboy movies and needed music. And the sound, that swing chord sound for cowboy music kind of got translated over to the Hollywood um, soundtrack. There you go. And so that's kind of how we ended up with jazz and cowboy songs. <laughs> well, oh, well. I'm, I'm not surprised. And people like um, my dad actually took me I was we were both doing a speech actually uh because we did a I I joined him in his business after a time um public speaking but he took me to a concert of uh the Sons of the Pioneers in Tucson Arizona where we were and the harmonies wow the harmonies uh-huh. that they did uh-huh. were just I just fell in love with the, all of the harmonies not only all the the jazz chords in the swing music, but the harmonies that I heard in Western music reminded me of like choirs and, you know, people singing, singing in barbershop quartets and things like that. I mean, I grew up singing three-part harmony with my brother and sister. So harmonies were really very organic for me. So I, I just love, I fell in love with Western music and that (laughs) swing sound too. I just, I thought, you know, it's like, it's like uh, I took the desert where I grew up for granted for so many years. And then when I was in my third decade, I, uh, I had a little nephew that was born and I was driving from Sedona back to Phoenix and it was like I saw the desert for the first time. It's like sometimes we have our eyes opened. And I yeah. started opening my eyes to really beautiful, the be- beautiful qualities inside country music and, and Western music and, you know, Western swing. It was like my eyes were opened. Awesome. That's pretty amazing. That. Pretty amazing. I'm going to get to another song. This one <laughs> I love. We could talk Finger, all day. Finger oh, really licking music. Finger licking music. <laughs> Tell me about finger licking music. Well, I um, actually Peggy Malone and and uh, Marvin Odell, uh, we all kind of co-wrote it. Um, Peggy and I first started it out. I said, Peggy, you know you have a a voice that I could enjoy at a barbecue. You know, like finger licking <laughs> music. And mm-hmm. I just I thought, <laughs> yes, you have a finger licking voice, and I always tease her that way. And I because I love it because she. She, she talks she's sometimes incredible. and she sings. Yeah. And so, uh, so I said, you know, and I, you know, we wrote this song and it's, it, it has changed and morphed and evolved. But uh, when the, when the guys in Nashville got a hold of it, 
it became um, a song that they could stretch out in, you know, all of the all of the instrumentation. We really let them stretch out. So I hope you enjoy all the wonderful musicianship in this song. All right, this is Finger Licking Music. Lee Robert is our special guest today on Live from Nashville.
Wow. wow. Those are some great musicians you have on there. What a fun song. Great song. Oh, Lily. my gosh. Rory Hoffman, my favorite soloist, but we've got Doug Jernigan on uh, pedal steel oh. and then the, the great Stuart Duncan. Oh, my yes. gosh. On fiddle. The top, the top of the world in yeah. I don't know how I'll ever top that, but it was a point in time where they were all available and weren't wasn't I lucky to get them. You were. Yeah, you, you know, were. Um, did you know, did you schedule them or did you show up to your oh. session and you had these amazing players? Oh, that's exactly what happened. I did not know even the engineer, um, uh, uh, my... Um, Richard Smith with Toon Smith. I did not know him, but my co-producer, um, Tom Boyer, knew him from when oh, he yeah. lived in Nashville. And uh, yeah. Richard Smith, this was during COVID, and I got a package deal with those three stellar musicians uh, because it was, they were, you know, no one was performing back then. So they were all available right. in Nashville. And um, Richard Smith uh, put it together, and I was the lucky recipient of their tremendous solos. Well, I have a still, funny story still to tell you. My heart sing to hear them. Phenomenal. <laughs> I have a funny story to tell you. Those the first time that I recorded in Nashville um, was back in 2011, and. Um, I had somebody that flew me in and set up the session. Guess who my players were? What? The oh very same God. players. Oh, yeah, well, and I, I had no idea that. who they were either. And at that <laughs> time, there was um, a, a musician strike. So they were not working in the major studios. And so wow. I was able to get a package deal too. But I'll never forget Stuart Duncan. Oh. Um, if you listen to my song, um, Strychnine, he's yep. the one doing yeah. that incredible fiddle solo on Strychnine. Wow. And what album Infinite was that? What album was that? That was, um, Strychnine is on No Wilder Place, the second album. Okay. Oh, yes. A wonderful album. Absolutely wonderful album. And I'm not <laughs> surprised at all because, I mean, it's, it's a it's a, a a top award-winning album in my book. I mean, oh, I love that album. I bought that album. Well, thank yes, you. I but did. you know, isn't that crazy, Lily, that we <laughs> had the same players? Well, and you know as what? I left the session, as I left the session, one of somebody turned to me and said, "Do you realize who these players are?" <laughs> You need to get them to sign the, um, and so I did. I got their signature, signatures on the um, on the charts. Anyway. Oh my gosh, just wonderful! I, you know, I am I am not surprised because that was a wonderful album, and you know, I mean, you've you've been I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Uh-huh. You always had very high quality musicians, but. I had no idea that you lucked out just like I did in in that way. That you got we're them all. We're both the luckiest cowgirls. <laughs> we're the luckiest cowgirls in the world. We are. You know another song that I love of yours. It's a Christmas song about the dark-haired woman. Oh, and I love you know, jealous of the moon. There's so many. Oh. 
I, I, I guess I, I guess I'm going to have to have Mary Kay as the guest on the show. Aren't yes, you, you oh. are. Yeah. You are. She is. A, she is a, a real a real top player in my book. <laughs> and we're just uh, we're so excited to have you on the show today. And you know we love listen, we love hearing back from our listeners and and when they discover a new artist and so. Um, you know, as listeners listening to the show, you know, give us some feedback and let us know that you love listening to Lily and her music and find her on social media and also her website. Thank so, you. Amen. Lily, where, Amen. Can, where can your brand new fans find you? Well, it's uh, lilymusic.com. That's www.leelelemusic.com. And I have... Um, I have a lot going on on my website, so uh, it'll keep you busy. There's the public speaking part. There's the press yeah. part. There's the the a podcast part, <laughs> and there's the music. And I I love doing it all, and I love becoming friends. So please sign up for the newsletter because I do come out with a newsletter at least once or twice a year. <laughs> That's great. That's, awesome. That's great. That's yeah, and if you can friends. get Mary Kay to do that, that would be fine. If you can get Mary Kay I know, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm figuring it <laughs> hey, out. Hey, I want to get to some more music. We're not saying goodbye yet. I want to get to some more music. And this is Cowgirl Jazz. So tell us about oh. this song, Lee. Oh, I love this song. This, this is a song that was written, uh, gosh, uh, it was... It was written by Mel Harker, who is tremendous, and uh, it was cowboy jazz, and I said, may I record this and call it cowgirl jazz, and he he said, yes, wait till you hear it, it's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> it is a great song, we're talking with Lee Robert, we'll be back on Live from Nashville, heard around the world on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. Sun hanging low in the western sky Breeze blowing softly as a lullaby Horse in a saddle, I love all that cowgirl jazz. Campfire glowing, the sweet smell of sage, coyote howling, the harmonica plays. Dancing cactus shadows, I love all that cowgirl jazz. I need cool water, don't fence me in, I want to roll with the tumbling tumbleweeds, I love the sons of the sons of the pioneers, prairie dogs in my park.
Stop. 
talented young artist, 19 years old, and we're going to find out how she got started in music and visit with her just a little bit more today on Live from Nashville, but Ava, welcome to the show. Hi, so happy to be here. Well, we are tickled to have you, tickled to yes. have you. Yes. We Kay, were you just going to say something? Hearing... I was, you know, when we find... Um, an artist that we'd love to have on live for Na- live from Nashville. We listen to your music and kind of fills the home, our home. And your music has really lifted our spirits this week as we've listened to it. And um, just just gorgeous. I love that cover tune that we started that your section off with as well. Um, what led you to wanting to um, record this classic? Yeah, so um, I like to say I grew up with the radio always on. I mean, none of my parents are in the music industry, but uh, growing up in Nashville, um, it was a very musical city and musical town. Yes. And uh, we listened to, you know, everything on the radio. Of course, country, and country has my heart, but we listened to a ton of pop, a ton of 80s, a ton of, you know, contemporary country, a ton of Southern gospel, Southern, just a, a bunch of different things. And um, I know... Fleetwood Mac in '80s, just that music was a huge part of my life growing up, and I always mm-hmm. loved covering dreams because I mean Stevie Nicks. What else needs to be said there? I know, but, <laughs> but just Fleetwood Mac—they're absolutely incredible. And um, I was talking about uh, to my producer about songs that kind of influenced me as an artist and it influenced me as a writer, and that was one of them. And he goes, "Well, why don't you put your country spin on it and do a, do a released cover of it?" So I thought that was a fun idea, and uh, that's what came out of it. So pretty fun hearing uh, electric leads being played on fiddle. Quite neat. 
You know, uh, that's the thing. Your voice is just like butter, you know, on that song. It's so beautiful. But the strings on that song, oh, it's like that song was meant for the the fiddle and for, it's just gorgeous arrangement. Props to Janae Fleener. She is absolutely phenomenal. Janae, yes. She is amazing, and she absolutely killed it. It was exactly what I imagined for that. So Mm. props to her. She did amazing. Beautiful. Well, well, for our audience that is not familiar with you, kind of give us a little bit of background. So you grew up in Nashville. When did you get started with music and writing? Yeah, so, um, again, grew up in Nashville. Uh, I've always loved music. Uh, Again, none of my parents were in the music industry, but we are all lovers of of music. My mom played a little bit bit of piano in church growing up, and then um, my dad just chord hopped around on a guitar. But I started musical theater when I was younger just, you know, because I was a spunky 10-year-old kid, and I'm like, singing sounds fun. Um, (laughs) So the National Children's Theater and some other stuff. But um, I didn't know songwriting and performing could be a career until I was 10. And so long story short, um, I was here at a local restaurant in uh, Old Hickory, and um, we were just sitting down having dinner, and Lightning 100 had set up a karaoke booth. And so me, again, being a spunky 10-year-old theater kid, I went up there and said, hey, what if I break the ice and sing a few songs? <laughs> and I said, sure. And so I did. And then uh, more people started coming up and singing later on. And we were actually about to leave. And they said, please welcome surprise special guest, Kelly Clarkson. And so Kelly was just there eating with her family. And so so she sung the song. um, And then she sat back down with her family. And again, funky 10-year-old theater kid. I was like, I want to ask her if she'd sing with me. And so I did. (laughs) I walked over. Yeah. Go, girl. While she was eating ribs, I rocked straight up to Kelly Clarkson's like, hi, would you sing? And to my surprise, she said yes. And so she said, what song do you want to sing? I said, B-52's Love Shack. And so (laughs) that was the song. Yes, exactly. I mean, we're trying to bust out all the dance moves. I can't dance, y'all. So it was not a a, good one. Yeah, but we sung B-52's Love Shack, and Mom recorded it, posted it online. It got some attention on there, and you can still look it up to this day. If you look up Kelly Clarkson Sings with 10-year-old fan, fan, you'll find me and her, you know, just just out. But through that, I got invited to a writer's round here in Nashville, which is where songwriters show their songs that they've written, for those of you who don't know. And um, – I went to a writer's round and saw songwriters and I saw people do this for a living. And this is what, you know, they go, this is what their job is. And I was in love with it. And I knew at 10 that that's what I wanted to do. So I was already writing songs a little bit for that point, but it was then I was like, this is what I want to do. So I sat down, um, I had to perform a cover at a writer's round, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. She said, come back when you've written your own original songs. And a week later, I came back <laughs> with my first song. Now, was, like, that okay. at was that at 10? That was at 10, yes. Oh, wow. wow. And you're wow. like, I guess I'm wow. just going to go write some originals then. Wow. Well, I love wow. it. I, I, I fell in love with writing. I fell in love with performing. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was so much fun. Oh, gosh. That's it's amazing. It's just meant that to be. Amazing. 
That is amazing. <laughs> well, I want to get to another song real quickly. This is one called If I Were You. So tell us about this song. Yes, I wrote this with uh, two amazing friends of mine, Miss Corey English and Miss Marla Cannon Goodman. And um, this was actually my first write with both of them. And so we met, uh, me and Marla met through a whole crazy chain of events thing that I don't have time to describe. But um, we met, and then I met Corey at a uh, fundraiser that I was doing. And so she knew Marla, I knew Marla, I knew Corey. She, like, all the stars aligned where we could all write together. And so this is my first time writing with both of those ladies, and we have been writing a lot ever since. They are two absolutely incredible people. But um, I can't remember. It's been so long now. I can't remember the exact order of events that happened to get this song written. But I knew it was special when we finished it. And um, my dad proceeded to play the work tape every chance he got. So he's like, you better release the song. And so (laughs) when it got back around to uh, doing my next project, we uh, definitely put that one on the list. And I love it. I think it's a beautiful song. Well, it is a beautiful song. It's If I Were You. Ava Page, you're listening to Live from Nashville. If I were you, I'd drop it all and I'd throw on my shoes, tear down the road. I had everything to lose 
Great song, Ava. That is If I Were You. I don't know what that crackling sound is. I'm not sure what that is. Um, You are a horse girl, I discovered, and uh, and have done some riding at an Angel Heart farm. And uh, for those that are not familiar with Angel Heart, uh, they work with children and young people that have gone through and are going through cancer treatment. And uh, that's something that you've experienced and gone through, is it? Yes, it is. So um, on July 1st of 2019, um, when I was 14, right before my 15th birthday, I was diagnosed with leukemia. That's hard. That's a hard thing to go through. Absolutely. So at that time you had been performing and singing, did that kind of put a halt to what you were doing? Definitely. So um, I was by the end of 2015. Uh, sorry, by the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I was doing around 150 plus shows a year, traveling all over the country, and you know, riding twice a day, five days a week when I was in town. And um, something wasn't quite right. I was I was doing a small tour in Texas, and we just knew something was wrong. Um, so we flew back home to Nashville. My mom was a retired nurse, so she could pick up on, pick up on some of the signs. Something wasn't quite right medically. And so we went over to my local pediatrician. She ran my blood counts, and she said, um, we don't know what this is, but it could be cancer. So we're sending you over to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And so I went into the ER. They ran my blood counts. Six doctors walked in, closed the door, and told me I had leukemia. So wow. definitely – it definitely was very sudden, and it was definitely a, a whole life changer. I mean, um, they said I had to start chemotherapy immediately and, you know, get blood product and, um, like, you have a bunch of these surgeries lined up, the spinal taps and all this sort of stuff. And so um, I had to cancel over 70 events in July alone, and uh, wow. I was in the hospital for about a month and a half straight. Oh, wow, Ava. But how do you deal with that? I mean, how how do you, at 14, almost 15 years old, deal with uh, with that diagnosis and then all of that treatment? I, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't cry when I heard the news. Of course I did. And, I mean, um, it was definitely a lot. And, I mean, my, my doc literally told me, um, you know, leukemia is typically two years long in treatment plan, but since I was high risk, they thought mine was going to be around three, and then um, wow. ended up uh, it ended up being uh, a couple weeks later they ran my um, leukemia cell like they they studied it and figured out um, my parents always said I was special but I didn't think it'd carry over <laughs> apparently I had a radiation <laughs> of leukemia Lord I wish uh. it didn't didn't show up there. But uh, I have a rare mutation of leukemia called hyperdiploid, where um, my doctors looked at my parents and said, we're not certain we can get her into remission at all. And so it was definitely scary. Um, And, I mean, again, I'd be lying if I said I didn't cry a bit and I didn't, you know, hold my parents and not not certain about the future. But I can say all I knew was I had to keep my faith in three things. I had to keep my faith in my family, keep my faith in my doctors, and keep faith in my God. And those three things yeah. were my rock, and those were my foundation, and that's what got me through. And, I mean, 
I had an incredible support team around me. I mean, if I had a bad day, musicians would come in and bring guitars. I'd have 20-something musicians at my hospital room at one time. I mean, oh, wow. it was like a revolving door of just friends and, you know, stories and songs and, you know, you know, people I look oh, up to. I mean, I had quite a few visitors in the hospital from, like, Randy Clark and Ashley McBride and Carly Pierce and, you know, just um, Garth Brooks sent me a letter. I mean, it was, it was just – it was really just overwhelming amount of love in Nashville. But when, when I'd have my bad days, I just know, hey, I don't have to be strong right now because I know they're strong for me. And that was oh, an incredible wow. feeling, knowing that I had people at my back. Wow. Well, that is, that's that's awesome. So how did, how did you get connected with Angel Heart? So uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how. We had a mutual friend that rode, that her kid rode at Angel Heart. And I'm trying to remember exactly. I've known, it feels like I've known Tracy my whole life, even though it's only been a couple of years. <laughs> um, I did... I did a, a few events with her uh, for like fundraisers and stuff and singing with her kiddos uh, when I was still undergoing treatment. My mom was a little okay. funny about me riding a horse when I was still like yeah. had no platelets. And so I yeah. begged and pleaded, but she said, just wait until you're on the on maintenance phase home stretch and then you can ride. And so, you know, as soon as that day hit, I'm like, hey, mom, can I ride? <laughs> and so she finally gave me permission to, and I went out there with Tracy and uh, I rode Felix, her Arabian, and oh my gosh, I loved it. I've always loved horses my whole life. Uh, we've never owned any because we just didn't have the land to, and my parents right. weren't really, you know, ranchers. But um, I just, I love them. They're, they're such majestic animals, and I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to be around them. Well, it is, and uh, equine therapy is such an amazing thing. It's you know, unless you have experienced horses, you don't know what the healing power of a horse can be. And, uh, That's and true. I know I've, you know, I've had a stressful day, and if I just go out and get in the pasture and start brushing on one, it's like everything just feels better. I mean, I, it suddenly is freeing. And, uh, and so they it's, know, it's really too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they just They just know. It's, it's wild. I mean... Felix would just look at me and with those big old eyes of his, like he he just like reads my thoughts. I'm like, you crazy thing. He's sassy too. Sometimes <laughs> he doesn't care, but but he's such a good boy. Uh, and I mean, it's it's just crazy. They just they just know and they can they can read your mind almost. They can. They can. <laughs> well, the the good part of the story is that you are now cancer free, right? I am two years. Woohoo! Two years. Two awesome. years cancer free, and I think that I read that you have assisted in raising over ten million dollars in 2022 for cancer treatment. I have, Is that correct? yes, That's I did, amazing. yes. Well, thank you. I'm honored so, to so, do it. Yeah. So, how did you do that? Tell us a little bit about the programs that you got involved with. Yeah, so I work with two major charity organizations, Rally Foundation for Cancer Research and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So both are absolutely incredible organizations. When I sign up to work with the organization, I always like to vet them and, you know, just like see what, where the money goes to and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right. Both of those organizations, I have never met more passionate people, and it's absolutely incredible just to be able to work with them. But 
2022, I was Children's Miracle Network's national ambassador. So I traveled the country. We did over 17 different corporate events together. And um, wow. for, for big CEOs of companies, I mean, whether it be Delta or a Speedway or 7-Eleven or, you know, all these different huge Coca-Cola, like all these big organizations. And I help show them what they're supporting when they support CNN. Because um, for those of you who don't know what CNN is, Children's Miracle Network, uh, it was founded by Marie Osmond and John Schneider. And um, right. their goal is to help fund hospitals and get them specialized equipment that is not covered under their typical plan. So like at Vandy, for instance, I was direct recipient of the incredible work that they do. Um, they have a uh, program called a child life specialist and the child life specialist is somebody dedicated on the floor. There could be a couple of them and they are there for the kiddos. So I know I had a, a procedure done that my parents couldn't be in the room and I had to be awake when I had to put a catheter in my arm. So um, ah. it was a pick line in my arm that went in a little bit above my elbow all the way to my heart. And so due to complications I was having at the time, I couldn't be sedated for the surgery. And so I had to be awake. Wow. And uh, since the whole place had to be a sterile field, only medical ex uh, professionals could be in the room. So my parents were not yeah. allowed. And so uh, uh, that sounds nerve wracking. Trust me, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. And, you know, I was incredibly, you know, nervous and anxious about it. Yeah. But the child life specialist, yeah. yeah, but the child life specialist was a medical professional and she literally sat down by my bedside the whole entire two and a half hour long surgery and just held my hand and walked me through it. And that service is not provided by the hospital. It's provided by CNN. And that's just one of the small things that they do for those hospitals. And so I help get, kind of tell my story and show those people what they're supporting because 100% of the profits go back to the charity or go back to the hospitals. And um, I helped, you know, raise funds for that and for, for my local hospitals and all the hospitals in the area. And um, I think, yeah, in 2022, we helped raise over $10 million for, for cancer hospitals. And, and Rally does research. And so when I did those events, it was, you know, targeted so they could do research funds. And, you know, I think we helped give over I, – I personally helped give a research fund to a scientist in 2022 with, with Rally. And that was wow, quite, that's a, quite a cool experience. Do you know, Ava, how, I... how incredible – I was just going to say, Ava, how incredible it would be in your lifetime to be able to see uh, a cure for cancer. Wouldn't that be amazing? And, that um, is my hope and my dream. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I truly believe there are some incredible people working on medications right now because I'm a bit a big advocate for chemotherapy works, but we need something new. It's about time that we, we push the envelope a little further and get something new. Because when you're fighting cancer, you're not just fighting cancer. You're fighting all of the side effects of chemotherapy. And it is, it's brutal. I mean, a lot of kids lose their fight to chemo before they lose their fight to cancer. And it's, it's, oh it's heartbreaking. I mean, for the rest of my life, I'll be prone to side effects from chemotherapy and heart damage and liver damage and kidney damage. And, you know, I'm, I have a bunch of just issues with, with my health because of chemo, just chemo. And so right. I, I truly believe, though, there are some incredible people with some incredible hearts working on 
maybe not cures, but better treatment options for cancer. And right. I guarantee you we'll see that in our lifetime. That's so exciting. Well, I am so sorry that you had to go through that. I am so happy that you are cancer-free, and we want to thank you for what you're doing to help raise funds to fight this disease. Of course. i, I got a story to tell now. So the only thing you can yeah, do yeah. Enough is it challenges your way is become stronger. So. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I am going to get to another song, and this one is uh, Have to Be. Tell us a little bit about Have to Be. So I wrote Have to Be with, again, two incredible friends and songwriters here in town, Miss Emily Shackleton and Miss Victoria Banks. Um, we actually wrote this over Zoom in the middle of 2020, so you can imagine <laughs> where that song came from. Um, they were actually one of my first rights in quarantine, and we were just catching up and talking because, I mean, Nashville was completely locked down at that point, and, you know, I, my mm-hmm. family was scared because we didn't know what COVID was, and I was undergoing chemo, and it's just like, oh, Lord, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we were writing, and we just started talking about, you know, you truly don't know how strong you are until you have to be. And, I mean, my my story was um, – proof of that. And I mean, Emily and Victoria both, uh, I believe Victoria lost her house in the 2020 tornado. And so she was undergoing that. And then um, Emily's husband was going through some medical challenges. And so we all just kind of bonded over that and was just, this song kind of wrote itself and it, it, it told our stories as clear as day. And I wrote it for my fellow warriors, but also anybody who needs it. And so it's my latest single and I'm very, very proud of it. Well, let's take a listen to Have to Be at Save a Page. We'll be right back on Live from Nashville. You shake your fist at God, curse your bad luck, say you feel stuck. You don't know how you got where you landed You had other plans, but here you are I've been where you're at, lost without a map Some things you can't see till you're looking back You don't learn to stand your ground till you get knocked off your feet Life chips away the paint to show the gold that's underneath The things that make you better Across your heart, let the light. 
happens to be Ava Page, and we are visiting with Ava, and uh, so much fun to just visit and talk with you. But I, I was thinking <laughs> as you were telling us about uh, running into Kelly Clarkson, uh, was that at the Hermitage Steakhouse or something? No, that was at Sam's in the Water in Old Hickory. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Uh, one of the things that you do is you just run into people all over Nashville, though. I mean, it's it's. it's uh, I used to I used to have lunch next to Minnie Pearl in Alabama, and uh, you know, run into Alan Jackson in Brentwood at at uh, Old Charlie's or something. But, so, not it's unusual. Wild, honestly. Yeah, I know. It I, is. You see all the, it's it's so funny though because I think celebrities and like not even just musicians but I mean actors and, and football players and you know hockey yeah. players like, like yeah. they love Nashville and I think it's because we kind of have such a, a nonchalant attitude towards celebrities yeah <laughs> I yeah I mean really, it's like you, you don't I, bother them it's just like oh you know who they are but you don't really bother anybody and yeah, well, uh, you know unless you're going to run up to Kelly Clarkson and ask her to sing a song with you now that might be a little bit <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I gotta, I gotta ask you. She did say yes. Yeah, I've got to ask you though. You were just on Kelly Clarkson's show, what, a couple of months ago? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So did you guys uh, keep up with each other from that point in time when you were like ten and invited her to sing with you, or how did how did how did you end up on her show? Because that was a great show. So, I saw the video on that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so that was a crazy full circle coincidence moment. Um, so we really didn't keep in touch after the the karaoke thing. I mean, she's a big pop star, so I mean that was that was understandable. But um, I had a contact at the at the show, the Kelly Clarkson show, and just for chance, I just reached out. And I said, hey, um, this is my story. Nice to meet y'all. I would love to be on the show and reconnect with Kelly and, you know, yada, yada, and just kind of, you know, talk about stuff. And this was coming off 2022 with the 10 million raised and, you know, my story and then my singles coming out and all that sort of stuff. So um, I just took a shot and reached out. And to my surprise, they responded back and said, hey, yeah, we'd love to have you on. Um, when I reached out, they just had finished filming. And so for that okay. year, and so they said, reach out during the next filming season, and uh, we'll see what we can do. So I was pumped, and, you know, I reached back out. But literally right when the filming season started, that was right when the SAG strike happened. And yeah, so yeah. It, And they were part of the screenwriters' guild, so they couldn't film. And so um, I was like, darn it, no. And so they said, hey, again, this is what's going on. We'll keep you updated. We don't know how long this is going to go on. But um, when when things lighten up, we will email you back. Or And, and meanwhile, uh, email us another pitch video so we can actually show this to Kelly. And so I made a pitch video. I addressed it to Kelly and all that sort of stuff. And the day the SAG strikes listed, I sent the video back in. And they said, okay, we just reviewed with the team. What's your flight information? And so I said, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so they proceeded to get my flight information and fly me out to New York Times Square a week after I sent the pitch video in. I mean, it was Oh, wow. Quick. <laughs> wow. So it was what. 
it was honestly such a whirlwind thing because I was having like meetings with the producers and, you know, just like chatting through what they wanted me to talk about in the segments and, you know, questions to ask and the song I was going to sing. And I had to like make sure I had have to be all ready to go because I wanted to release it, you know, in conjunction with the show and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And so literally it was a busy week, let me tell you. And so we flew out to uh, flew out to Times Square, New York, and uh, they drove us over to Thirty Rock, and I filmed the episode. And as soon as they walked on the sound set, uh, sound stage, Kelly was like, "Oh my God, Ava, it's been so long!" And you know, uh... me and she's like, "I just got caught up, and oh my God, what a life you've lived! And I'm so happy to have you on the show, and so good to see you again." Amazing. And, you know, she is the most genuine human being. I mean, what you see is what you get with her, and she is just so incredibly kind. I mean, it's it's honestly just amazing. And so we I did our segment, and um, it, it was it was an amazing, amazing time. And I mean, they focused on you know us meeting and all that sort of stuff too. I always like to clarify, you know, I'm a musician who got cancer, not a cancer patient who sings. So we talked right, about that right. on the show and talked about my journey of where I am now and, you know, in conjunction with my story and all that. And she's sending me on a, a four-night, five-day Turks and Caicos resort That's trip. That's right. Which is wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's wild. So I get to take three of my writer friends down to host a writer's retreat in the Turks and Caicos, which oh, is that wild. That is amazing. It was an incredible experience, and what a full circle moment. I mean, I got to, you know, sing <laughs> a foot from Kelly Clarkson, you know, heard my heard my left, Darius Rucker, and Nick Glazier to my right. So, I mean, pretty, pretty cool, but it was <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> well, and if I'm well, not mistaken, are... you said something about, uh, or she said something about let's do a number together the next time. So, I yes, would assume I that you're going to be she back on that show again. Can't take it. That's right. She can't said it take on it air, back. but she can't take it back. Lord. Can't take it back. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Well, that is a lot of fun. You know, one of the neat things is is that over my years, I have found that regardless of who you are uh, in the public eye, most people are just really genuine, down-to-earth, nice people. There are a few that are not, but for most part, everybody is just real people. and. Uh, Absolutely. We need we need to keep that in mind yeah. and, and kind of treat people that way as well. House you know, on a hillside. House on a hillside. <laughs> Tell us about House on a Hillside. Yeah, so that was a single that I released back in twenty one no, twenty two, sorry. Uh what is time? Um I wrote that with a mutual friend of ours, Bill Luigi, and uh, Judy Pasture. And so um we were talking about my family one day during a write and oops, sorry. Uh, and me and Bill were just kind of chatting about, you know, family history and all that sort of stuff. And uh, my whole family on my mom's side is from Tennessee. And so East Tennessee to be specific, uh, Seymour to be super specific. Okay. But, um, I remember, yes. Yeah, so I remember my, my papa, he has this beautiful house on, on just this big old hill that my mama grew up in and, We'd visit, and, you know, that's where him and my, um, my, my my whole mom's side of the family was. And so that's where they grew up. And so I know there's so many memories in that house, and we were just talking through all those memories. And um, Bill was like, well, we should write that. And so we did. And uh, oh, it's, wow. still, it's still one of my favorite songs. It's uh, my it's my, my papa's favorite song, obviously. 
But um, it's about the house that my mama grew up in, and I visited my whole life. All right. Well, this is House on the Hillside, Ava Page. We'll be back in just a moment. right there, Ava. You know, there's such a maturity to your songwriting and also to your vocals. I just really, really am enjoying your your vocal um, talent. Have you, Thank you. Have you seen um, when, have you seen your voice mature? Because your voice has matured almost beyond your years. Do you think, have you noticed a difference in your vocals from 
when you started at, gosh, 10 to 18? Definitely. I mean, you can look at my old albums and tell the difference. But, I mean, that's just what yeah. time does to you. But And also, I have an incredible vocal coach, Mr. Brian Lucas, over at Voice Lab. Um, he's amazing uh-huh. and, and has worked with me since I was 13. Um, but, yeah, I I know my personality is I always strive to get better, and I think that's a lot of musicians' personalities. But um, my parents always told me hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And so that was the, the motto that I've lived by my whole life. And so um, my parents are incredible supporters of me and, you know, said, you know, as long as you put in the effort, as long as you put in the work, we'll support you. And um, so I've always tried to improve and I've always tried to, you know, find, okay, what's my weakness and how can I, you know, make that, you know, do something that complements that or improve upon it or what are my strengths? Mm-hmm. What, can, what can I improve on in those categories? You know, it, the moment you settle as a musician is the moment that, you know, you grow stagnant. And so um, I always love to try to, you know, find new things to improve, write different things, sing different things. I mean, um, country is my heart and soul, but I also love to, you know, cover, like I mentioned earlier, like 80s or jazz Mm -hmm. or blues or, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Just it's it's always good to keep your roster well-rounded. I agree. I agree. And, you know, don't you find that when you're in the recording studio, um, the recording process is a great vocal teacher because yes, you you're able to vocal teacher yes it's very humbling it there's no um wiggle room on pitch and when you are a person who loves music which you know i think we can all tell you're one of those people just naturally gifted when you hear your own vocals back you realize that your voice is a musical instrument and you learn how to style it and have it serve the song. And I think that recording is a, is one of the very best ways. I think a vocal coach is awesome, but one of the best coaches is just the experience of, of hearing yourself in a recording studio going through that process. Absolutely. And I've actually been doing my own demos a lot recently and, you know, recording oh, my yeah. own voice, but also recording other artists and, you know, going through the whole whole producing side of things. And I'm learning a ton. Very my producer good. is absolutely, yeah, he, my producer's phenomenal and he lets me sit in and ask a million questions and bug him while he's mixing. Good. But um, you, you learn so much and the voice is an incredible instrument. And I mean, we have to treat it with respect because it can be easily damaged, but um, it is so much fun to go into, go into a studio and, and go into a, to a session where everything is criticized, but in the best way possible, right? Where mm-hmm, surround yeah. yourself with a team that can say, hey, sing that line again because it wasn't your best, but also a right. that says, hey, I love this take and here's why. Um, and mm-hmm. I, mean, I have an incredible team that does that. The, I have to be the single that she played a couple back. Um, actually works with an incredible vocal producer called, uh, his name is Mark Longsway. And um, he is absolutely phenomenal. And working with him was also incredibly humbling, but an eye-opener experience because he showed me, you know, hey, as a listener, this is what I kind of want from you. And this is kind of like, this is what's different about this that's super cool. And here's what I think you should tweak and change. Here's where your strengths Mm. are. Here's where your little bit weaknesses are. And 
for any person who's on the fence about hiring a vocal uh, vocal producer, make sure you trust them first, but do it. It is it is an incredible experience hearing somebody somebody else's ears on the song. And, you know, mm-hmm. he pushed me to do parts in that song that, you know, I never would have thought of doing. And so maybe mm-hmm. they're a little bit out of my comfort zone or maybe, you know, I just didn't think about it on the day of doing vocals. But working with him and doing a couple passes of just, you know, fun suggestions made that song what it mm-hmm. was. And it was absolutely incredible. And, I mean, it, it, it's very humbling. Get ready, you know, yes. get ready to get your voice critiqued. But I think that's what we all need to, to thrive and to grow. So interesting. And just, just for our listening audience, um, so a vocal producer would be a, a separate person from your sound engineer and from your normal producer. When you're in the studio, you've got musicians that are in there. Your sound, your sound engineer is working on, you know, making everything right, the levels right. But as a vocalist, often we're out there just kind of trying to to, you know, just do our best. <laughs> and we have to rely on ourselves to say, oh, I need another take. But when you have a vocal um, producer in there, the vocal producer is only listening to those vocals. And so it gives you a leg up with, you know, somewhat another ear that's listening just to the vocals, which is such a cool idea. I've, I've really never talked to anyone who's worked with a vocal producer before. So that's very cool, Ava. It's it's an incredible tool, and I mean, again, when we do long sessions, you know, it can drag on, so especially mm-hmm. if you're trying to get a lot done in one day, it can be, you know, five-hour sessions. I mean, and, and at that point, it's you're kind of tired, and, you know, um, right. you, you kind of just, you know, you, you just don't focus on, on the vocals as much, and I mean, You don't, yeah. Yeah. And well, as, I, I as a woman... I think that as a woman as well, when you're in a studio, quite often you're surrounded by men. And so having the guts to say, I need another pass at those vocals is an important skill to develop. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Just you have to speak up for yourself as well. And I mean, I, I have a great relationship with my producer and, you know, he'll tell me straight up, hey, you need to do that again. I'll tell him straight up, hey, I need to do that again. Or, hey, I want this part changed. Or, hey, what about this? And he always, he always makes fun of me, though, because we'll start cracking up mid, mid-session. mid He'll say something stupid on the mic and then he'll just make me laugh. Um, actually, in, in one of my uh, early Christmas singles that I had, uh, I needed to laugh at the end. And uh, he's like, don't worry, I got this. And so he just turned on the mic and started just saying stupid stuff. And I just died laughing for like 30 <laughs> minutes. And he, re- he recorded it for the single. But, um, oh, it, it, but having that good relationship is incredibly important. But also, you know, it's, there's no shame in saying I need to do that again. Or there's no shame in being like, hey, that wasn't it. Let me just take another pass. Or what do you think that, you know, needs to change on that? Because there, there's no place for pride in, in the studio. And I mean, we all are striving what's best for the song and best for the single, and you know Absolutely. what would make this yeah. what would make this performance sound the best. And I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to have an incredible again team, but that's just communication is the most important thing, and and standing up for yourself, but also being acceptable to feedback. Wow! 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 Yeah. Well, um, I got to ask a r- real quick question. Uh, um, you're 19 years old. What is your goal? 
like overall. Where do you where do yeah, you see so, yourself? What is what is your goal? I want to be an artist songwriter. That's that's always been my goal since I was young, and that's still what it is now. Um, I love both. I love performing, and I love telling a story on stage, and I love you know traveling the world and getting to play my songs on really cool stages and festivals and all that, and growing that fan base. But I also love creating something out of nothing when I sit down in a writing room with an artist mm-hmm. uh, writing for their project or with a, with a pitch sheet in front of me writing for another another artist that's looking or writing for me. I, I love the songwriting process. And I mean, I think we as musicians get so caught up in, okay, what's the, what's the next pitch? What's the next cut? What's this? What's that? That we sometimes forget the beauty of Look at what we do. Look, we sit down yeah. in a room with friends, mm-hmm. pull out our hearts, and create something out of nothing. And I think that is just simply beautiful. And I think music itself is is just beautiful and it's amazing. And so I'm just happy to be able to do it, and I want to keep doing it for as long as I can. All right. Well, I am going to make a prediction, and that is that you're going to do it for a long, long time. And uh, the yeah, the next prediction is, the next prediction is is that you will be back on live from Nashville in the future. And so you have Woo-hoo, been an amazing guest today, amazing yeah. guest. Yeah, we look forward to having you back, sharing more music, and uh, tell people how they can find you. How can they get their music, and how can they follow and find out where you're going to be touring? Yeah, you can find me at Ava Page Music. That is A-V-A-T-A-I-G-E Music. I'm on all the socials, on Facebook and Instagram and regrettably TikTok. And, you know, I'm on all those places, <laughs> uh, lore, TikTok, man. Um, you can also find me on uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Tidal, wherever you stream your music. Um, and again, that is Ava Page, A V A P A I G E, and Ava Page Music on all socials. All right. And is the website avapagemusic.com? It is indeed. All right. Okay. So check her out, get her music, and find out where she's going to be performing. And you have been an absolute joy to have on the show today. Look forward to actually. We are fans. M- Meeting you live and in person, and uh, you'll have to come to our house and do some jamming with the rest of the guys and gals. That would be a ton of fun. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. All right. You sent me a song. I'm not sure whether this was just for me to listen to or to play, but I'm going to play it right now, if it's okay. Waiting on you. Tell us about this song before we go. So this is a song that I'm currently teasing on TikTok, and we'll be doing a bunch of more um, videos and stuff for. I won't get into the whole artistry thing that is TikTok, but Lord. Um, <laughs> but I wrote this with uh, – it, it's a very long-winded half rant, half explain uh, – whatever. Um, <laughs> TikTok we feel it. We feel it. Nuisance. We feel the vibe. It has been a nuisance in my side, but it is a necessary evil. Um, anyway – so I wrote this with two, again, incredible friends and uh, amazing writers, Ryman Wooten and Marley Cannon Goodman. Uh, Ryman is also uh, an artist, so go check out his stuff. He's an incredible pop artist. But, um, yeah, we were in a write one day, and it was my first time writing with Ryman. And uh, Marla actually goes, hey, let's write a social media TikTok song. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Um, I'm like, that's <laughs> never the words you want to hear. 
But <laughs> we end up, she had this idea, and we ended up writing this song, and I fell in love with it. And before I knew it, it was a song about me and my story. Um, being in the music industry since I was 10, I've actually never been in a relationship before. I write plenty of songs about love, but I've actually never never been in love before. And so um, we were kind of talking about that and, and working through ideas. And this is the song came out. And this is one of the uh, ones I'm considering releasing for 2024 that's on the plan for singles. And so I'm just seeing how the internet likes it and stuff. This, what you're about to hear, is actually just a demo that I made. So um, all of it is me playing and my mixing and all that sort of stuff. So it's not an official recording of anything, and it's not professionally done per se. But um, I've, I've been getting into producing a lot more recently, and it's been a blast. But this is a special one for sure, and uh, I'll be posting more content with it very soon. And if all goes well, it'll be one of the singles for, tw- for this year in 2024. So. All right, well, watch for it, and be sure and watch for Ava Page wherever she may be. Ava, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ava. Waiting on the right place 
Baby, I'm just waiting on you. Oh. Ava Page, Waiting on You. Mary Kay Holt, this has been a fun, fun show today. I feel inspired. Just Are you inspired? We're just so good. I am. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. Wow. Well, it was great having Lee Robert with us and uh, calling in from Arizona and um, – yeah, it's a little bit too cold for her to be up in Cheyenne, Wyoming today. But, uh, they're up there during the summer months. <laughs> they have a place up in Cheyenne, and then they're back home in Arizona for the winter months. And uh, what about Ava Page? I'm telling you what. She wow. is just an exciting, talented, young 19-year-old. Oh. I am just so we, looking forward to seeing where she goes. Well, I I know, right? We I hope our listening audience, following her because I think we're going to see great things. Yeah, already starting to. Already starting to. Her story is just just, uh, inspiring and amazing. So so much fun having her with us. Well, we're going to wrap things up on uh, Live from Nashville, and we come to you live on Tuesdays, but you can always listen to us anytime on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most other streaming platforms, just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. And then join us on Thursday live for the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. And uh, this week's show is going to be a lot of fun with our good friend, the multi-multi-award, multi-multi-multi-award winning, Ms. Kristen Harris, will be joining us. Did I get enough multis in there? Yes. And that is necessary Mul- with Kristen because she's a an amazing, multi-talented person. Multi-talented and just a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So Chris will be joining us for yes. the Campfire Cafe. And then Tina Morris will be joining us on Saddle Up America. We'll be talking about her Great and guess. Tina Morris horse clinics as well as she's just coming back from Art of the Cowgirl. So it's going to be fun talking I'm to her about I'm excited to hear that. yeah. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. But anyway, we're going to close the show out today with a great song from Tia McGrath. It's called Let Me See You're Strong. I thought this was so appropriate with um, with Ava's story today. Yes. And we look forward to having you all back with us on Live from Nashville next Tuesday. And then always on the Campfire Cafe in Settle Up America. And darling, I'll see you shortly. You will. Love you. Love you. They can't put out your passion.
see your light. Let them see how God just keeps you shining. Let them see your best. Let them see you.